Welcome back, listeners, to this episode of Career Podcast with Audrey Prenzel. Today with me, I am over the moon to share with you a very longtime dear friend, respected recruiter. That's what everyone wants to know when they are searching for a job, how to get inside the mind of a recruiter. I am so happy to welcome Tina Cashlack-Nikolai to Career Podcast with Audrey Prenzel. Hey, Tina, what's up? Hey, Audrey, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored. Uh, I am so glad you are here to share with our listeners. Okay, listeners, get this. Tina has reviewed more than 50,000 resumes. She brings over 35 years of experience within that HR recruiting talent acquisition sphere as well as a professional, amazing resume writer. So you're the real deal. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Audrey. Thank you so much. So I was going to uh, start by mentioning for our listeners. So today we're going to talk about what to do with recruiting and what not to do. Just some insight and advice from you. But let's give people, let's give our listeners a a little idea of some of the, the companies you've recruited for. Disney, what did you do at Disney? Well, that is one of the highlights of my career, Audrey. I worked for both Walt Disney World and Disney Consumer Products. At Walt Disney World, I was a senior professional recruitment manager. I also held the role of strategic diversity planning and marketing. So very fascinating role. I actually did tactical functional recruiting for professional positions in the product development, merchandising, planning, all of the people behind the scenes that create Disney product and bring it to life. Those were international sourcing jobs as well. And I also recruited leadership roles for Walt Disney World for the entire merchandise division. So anybody that was in a leadership role on property and resorts, the shops, anything that had to do with merchandise, I recruited those leadership roles. And then in the the diversity, strategic planning and marketing, that was an exciting role. It was during a time pre-internet. So everything we did was on a scale that you can imagine that Disney offered. The career fairs that we attended were inclusive, diverse. I mean, we covered all sorts of different platforms and audiences. And I was primarily responsible for working in collaboration with senior leadership on developing strategies that permeated all of the executive and professional level leadership roles for the Walt Disney Company across all divisions. Wow. Oh, that is beyond impressive. You also have been recruiting for companies like PacSun, uh, Top Build. I understand that's an industrial insulation and building materials company. And I believe we also have Adidas, Eddie Bauer. And so you were recruiting throughout the States for many of these companies, also HelloFresh, but for Adidas and Eddie Bauer, you also managed Canada-wide recruitment. It was just you. So you're dealing with people U.S., Canada, obviously. Correct. Yes. So both of those organizations were extraordinary experiences. And I was very fortunate to have been responsible for the recruitment across all of the territories in Canada for both Adidas and Eddie Bauer. 
And again, in a functional role and in a strategic planning role, which go hand in hand, right? You have to think about where you're targeting people, what you're pitching to people, both in writing and verbally to want to attract the right talent. So working with the Canadian candidate base and and client base is one of my favorite things. All right. So speaking about Europe, so over, over the span of your professional career, you've dealt with clients, whether it's recruiting or resume writing or whatever from Germany, Switzerland. We've also got some Norway, some Puerto Rico, as I understand it. So you really do bring very in-depth, intuitive, uh, complete recruitment expertise because of these assignments that you've been handed. You've also dealt with, you know, new college, university grads, right up to senior level executives and a lot of my listeners are going to be particularly interested to hear this that yeah you've also recruited veterans as well you so you there isn't really anyone you haven't recruited <laughs> <laughs> you know I, i'm laughing as I'm, I'm i'm listening to you talk about all these things and i'm like you know you're you're right you're you're reminding me i have pretty much touched everything over the years. And right. and that's that's going to happen, right? Because we want to keep exploring. And I, I have a natural curiosity about people and what I don't know, I like to learn. So mm-hmm. it's been exciting. Well, and that's why you are on this podcast with me, because I know my listeners are going to have a ton of value and information. So let's get right into that brilliant mind of yours, shall we? So Let's talk about some some things that job seekers should do from the eyes of a recruiter and especially you. And, you know, you've been very good at everything you've done. So listeners, listen up. Tina, talk to my audience about your thoughts about a job title. How focused mm-hmm. do we have to be as a mm-hmm. job seeker? Okay, so I'm going to answer your question with the importance of job title. However, first, I want to lay a real quick foundation on why a job title accuracy and focus is important from a recruiter's standpoint. So let's get into the recruiter head for a minute. Recruiters, and I, I hope everyone understands that recruiters are buying. They are shopping. Okay, so they have a list of criteria that they are looking for. That list comes from the hiring manager. And on that list, the number one, number one at the very top of the recruiter's page will be job title. Job title is number one. What am I going out to shop for today? If I'm going out to shop for a product development manager, I want to see product development manager on every resume that shows up for the job posting. I don't want to see maintenance engineer showing up at the top of the resume for a product manager role. Okay. So when, when now on the candidate side, when candidates are saying, Oh, well, you know, I might want to do this. I might want to do that. That is so great to want to do a variety of different things and have different goals in mind. However, when we are applying for a job, it is critical to make sure that the position you are targeting is at the top of the resume and it matches the job description. So changing your targeted focus to match the job description will help the recruiter and also 
elevate your resume in the stack of many that the recruiter receives. So I, I often hear people say to me as I'm writing resumes, but I don't do that job right now. No, you don't do that job right now. Or maybe you do. But if you don't do that job and you have the transferable skill sets and they are reflected in your resume, then it is appropriate to say at the very top, and I always put this in fine print, qualified candidate for, and then you list the job title. Okay. okay. Yeah. Consequently, let's say your last position, your job title was product influencer, but you are a product manager. You're doing product management, but that company decides to call you a product influencer. You change the job title so that it reflects you are a product manager. And in parentheses, you can put product influencer. Okay. okay. Because you know, people want to be accurate with what they're doing. And that's great. It's really cool. We want to be honest. But it's okay to make small adjustments so that you're lining up with what you're targeting. What you're saying makes perfect sense. And I'm sure the listeners are going to appreciate that to the moon and back. Okay. Thank you for that. So talk to me in terms of what people can do to make sure that they are a viable candidate. You know, maybe they're not connecting with recruiters on a regular basis, but what are some of the things people can do just as they're, you know, going along through their everyday job or on a weekly Mm -hmm. basis? What are some of the things people can do to help themselves become that ideal Mm -hmm. candidate when they are ready to perhaps connect with a recruiter? Yeah. So I look at career and I've always looked at my own career as an investment in myself. That is first and foremost, if you truly want to keep growing in your professional path. And investing in oneself is always going to be evolving based on what the environment offers us. And what I mean by that is, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have social media, but today we do. 20 years ago, if you were investing in your career, networking may have meant you went to networking functions in person after work or lunchtime or what have you. But today it is so much easier to network and, you know, just networking on any social media platform, whether it's LinkedIn or it's Instagram or Facebook. And, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, that's how can you network on those sites? You can network. You just have to be very strategic and mindful in who you're connecting with and the messaging that you're sending. So, you know, I tell people go on to LinkedIn and post three to five times a week. And that doesn't mean you have to have your own creative content, but you can share posts, you can interact, you can leave comments. That's how people get seen. And staying front and forward of your own networking and managing your career marketing is essential, especially as we move into 2023. Right. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about, uh, I know you're a fan of people keeping track of weekly wins. What's that about? Yes. So one of my favorite (laughs) things, I and I do it for myself. So a little story here. I am still a paper pencil type of person. Okay. I'm a paper pencil pusher. And very specifically, I created a system for myself that I do share with clients. And it's, it's very simple. It's a, I'll just keep it high level today. Basically every Friday I have three by five cards. Every Friday I will pull out my three by five cards. And on one side I have the targeted goals that I'm currently working on. And then on the other side, I write my weekly wins. So this week, for example, for myself, 
myself, I have social media weekly wins. That's one card. And on the back, I'm going to list this podcast that we are doing. That's a weekly win because I'm doing more (laughs) on social media. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And then I will document what we discussed. And then I'll also list, I wrote a blog this week. I posted three videos across four platforms. So those help me stay focused on what I'm doing. And, you know, at the end of the month, I may have upward of 20 weekly wins. So if, if somebody's asking me to come in and do a contract, I can pull my three by five cards and I pull bullet points under my competencies and those become my weekly wins and I'm creating my resume with ease. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty simple. Well, this Mm -hmm. also lends itself into the next uh, point I'd like you to touch on. So keeping track of, of wins and the great things we do, this lends itself to when you actually show up and you're meeting with a recruiter Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, know your numbers or your wins or your metrics on paper. What what, what a pe- how how much specificity do recruiters want to see? Okay, great question. So again, looking through the lens of the recruiter going out shopping, right? They're shopping mm-hmm. for this specific. I'm going to get again use product manager role, and they want to see how many people you led. So don't just simply write led a team. We need to be very intentional by specifying how many people we led. If we led leaders, then we list led five leaders. The entire division that you were responsible for should follow. And you can simply write leaders and then the number of division, maybe 20 people in your division. We want recruiters want to know what was your general volume of or budgets. That number is critical as well. If you managed payroll budgets, you know, in excess of X million dollars, we need to list that. If you increase productivity by 40% or hit some other milestone number, let's list those numbers. Any sort of measurement will help you become elevated in the mind of a recruiter. It's, it's saying that you understand your craft, not only in the human side, but also in the pragmatic metric side. So how are you measuring your results? Now, some people say, well, you know, like HR, for example, well, we don't really have measurement, not as you might in a profit end of the business. However, measurement is always something that you can track. You can track just as I did, how many resumes I reviewed over the years. There's no uh, database that fit that out for me. I was just very diligent in keeping track of it because I was curious to know what that number would be. So there's always a way to track what you're doing, right? Recruiters want to know volume. And because of what you've just said, this is why you are the best person to go to for resumes. In case I haven't mentioned it yet, folks, resumewritersinc.com, resumewritersinc.com. That's Tina's URL. So she knows that recruiting side of the house inside out as well as resumes. And what she just said is testimony to that. So let's talk about LinkedIn. What tips do you have for LinkedIn in terms of catching a recruiter's attention, Tina? Yeah, so great question. LinkedIn is is an interesting platform right now, and it has been for the last couple of years. And 
you know, there's some people that are on there complaining, oh, it's become like Facebook. And then there are other people just kind of pivoting and going along with it. I think LinkedIn is still a phenomenal way to network for candidates. And the top tips I have for LinkedIn, these are baseline and then we'll build on it. So have a great photo, okay? Have a great photo. Let it show your personal brands, right? And that's your personality, a little bit of who you are. That doesn't mean you have to be have your photo, you know, swinging golf clubs, if that's a hobby, but show, <laughs> show something that you're, you're shining through, right? So your photo should be just a great photo. You can even do a black and white photo. You don't need to have a professional headshot. Make sure your banner reflects your brand. And that's the banner behind the photo. I'm amazed at the number of people that just don't even realize that's a freebie. Like that is your right. billboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to customize it, you can always put verbiage in. You can talk about what you do in that banner. I've helped people with that. But if you don't want to customize it, simply upload a photo that reflects who you are. Make sure your headline, so that section right under your name, tells your audience more than what your current job title is. Wah, wah. We don't want to be boring on LinkedIn. We want to be who we are as a dynamic person if we're dynamic. But let's say you're dealing with someone who says, well, I'm not dynamic. I'm a fact-based, numbers-based engineer. That's fine too. Show a little bit of who you are. And, and what do I mean by that? An I statement under your name as the headline can take you volumes. So you may say something like, I turn people's lives around as a, I'm a teacher, you know, I, that's, that's probably not a great example, but something that will say what you do in your role that is helping change or improve, then you can always list your job title. The thing with job titles that people get hung up on is they become fixated. And so I encourage people to put more of an I statement up there that's action oriented telling people what you can do for them. And that is, again, part of your personal brand. What do you plan to deliver and what are you known for? Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. Other tips, just make sure you have your information up to date, uh, you know, in the body. Right. Okay. How many, if you, oh, sorry. I get so excited, Audrey. I I could talk (laughs) for days on all of this. So Thank you for, thank you for these questions. Well, and Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe we need to do an episode only on LinkedIn because I know you rock it. You're on there, you're busy, you engage in all your socials. So maybe that's something you and I can uh, talk about in the future. That sounds great. How many applicants would you say on average for most job postings, if you had to give a number? Yeah. So this is an average and I'm basing this on whether you're around 200, uh, around 200. And that number ebbs and flows by industry, by Mm -hmm. profession, you know, but I'd say on average 200, I've seen, I've had some job requisitions upward of a thousand applicants. It just really depends. Yeah. All right. Let's shift over to the resume side of the house. What do you think about those free online templates? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Online free. No, no. That, that's, that's just a real bust. I, I, in all fairness to free online templates, I do think they serve a purpose to help give people somewhat of a starting point. However, people who take them literally are failing miserably and they don't even realize it. So let's stay away from those. And, and here are a couple very specifics. 
some of these templates still have objectives listed. Right. They still have references listed. I mean, they're mm -hmm. so outdated. Right. You know, it's, yeah, they're just not good. And, you know, people should take your word as gospel because, I mean, I've seen the resumes, cover letters, you know, more resumes than cover letters, but, you know, that you produce and not only, I mean, you look at them, they look beautiful, but they're strategic, they're branded, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, they have the graphics and whatever representative what needs to be for each candidate. So I think people would do well to listen to your insight. Let's talk about when you ask your friends or family or others for feedback when you've written your own resume. Yeah. So where I like to take clients with this and, and offer clients to think about and your, and your listeners today it is common. So let me start with this. It is human nature. It's very common. It, let's say, for example, we get a cold or we're coughing and we might say, oh, I'm coughing. What do you think? Oh, you know, I don't feel good. I'm sick. You know, and your, your friend, your spouse, your partner, whoever will say, oh, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, right? But at the end of the day, if you're really sick, you go to a doctor, right? And right. if the doctor can't help you, the doctor will send you to a specialist if it's serious. Mm -hmm. It is no different with your career. I'd like to see more people take their careers as seriously as they do the common cold or cough. If you are in a bad situation at work or you're wanting it to get into a new position, stop asking your family and friends or even people you know in a career industry to look at your resume. They're going to tell you what they see and what they think based on what they know about you, which is a very slim window, where when you're working with a professional career writer, career coach, resume writer, we are looking at you with a very objective perspective based on the information that you're providing us. And we have processes in place or processes in place, as you say, in Canada, That's right. That, <laughs> right, that our processes will, you know, take you through a path of what is necessary to bring you to life on paper, because we are crafting a document that is going to speak for you. So let's try to not rely on family and friends to give feedback on that resume. And let's move toward working with a professional resume writer. I could not have said that uh, any better myself. So let's talk about, you've talked about the use of objective. I think people pretty much know that uh, the objective is passe. Let's talk about length of a resume. What do you think? Mm -hmm. What do you have for the most part? Okay. So I am leaning more toward a one page resume. Right. However, there are still some folks who say, Oh, well, like a size of length of resume doesn't really matter. And it does matter because again, recruiters don't have time to read or even care what happened at the bottom of page two. They don't care. So I encourage people to try to move towards a one page resume. If you have a a strategically written one page resume and a complimentary LinkedIn, you're going to be fine. Now, with that said, I can, I'm thinking about some of my executive clients right now. I do a custom, I, well, everything's custom, but for the executives, I do what's called a two in one. And what that is, is page one is a overarching high level strategically written and branded resume that they can use on its own. However, if they're asked for supplemental information, I have a complimentary page two that they can then furnish the recruiter. And frankly, that is a trend that is going to continue to be strong as we move forward into 2023. 
So having that two-in-one option, especially for executives or up-and-coming executives, is going to be something that's here to stay. Professional level, I have some clients that are moving into that space as well where they're using a two-in-one because they are people who understand what flexibility means and how you need to pivot depending on how you're using your information. This this is gold. This is the type of information not only you know does the average consumer need to hear, but also other career industry professionals who uh, who could uh, take a, take note of the your insight here. So I want to talk about before we finish things up, what's your ambassador program? What would you like people to know? Oh, thanks for asking. So I launched a career ambassador program in 2021, and I, I am excited about it. I, I'm not sure the career ambassador roles exist in other career businesses. I've done a lot of research on it, and I've actually been a brand ambassador for several companies over the years. So when I launched the program in 2021, my primary goal was to help people continue to leverage their careers. And by working as a brand ambassador with me, they are not only at the top of their game as recruiters. Right now I have two brand ambassadors that are recruiters, but they're also at the top of their game with social media. They understand content and copy. They're extraordinary individuals in their lives as a whole. They are right now, I have two women brand ambassadors and it's, and a lot of people don't know this, but RWI, which is the acronym for Resume Writers Inc. also stands for Real Women Inspiring. And so I couldn't be more proud of these two ladies. They're just dynamic people. They've, they've pivoted their own careers. They've made changes. They're both moms. They get out there and what they're doing is helping others build confidence in making career shifting through their voice. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. I always like letting my listeners know a little bit more about the people that I bring on board here. And, you know, who says recruiters don't have heart? Who says that, you know, they're all tough? You, my dear Tina, have developed the Angel Program. I've never heard of this before. You continue to amaze me with your innovations. What's the ANGEL program all about? Uh, Well, thank you, Audrey, for your kind words. So the ANGEL program really is a program that, again, I launched in 2021, where clients who may need support in getting a resume done or career coaching, and they don't have the means, right? So a lot of times, you know, maybe someone coming right out of school, or it could be somebody who has just had a bad streak in life, you know, and they Mm -hmm. are trying so hard, and they don't have the means. And they, you know, they're somebody that's got a lot of drive and potential, right? So I developed the angel program, which means Anyone who wants to sponsor, and sponsor means pay, right? Someone who may want to pay it forward. So a lot of times, you know, people will send money, you know, for different causes, different reasons. But when people started asking me, how can they help? What I said is, if you want to become part of my angel program and sponsor a client, it will cost X amount of money. And I have different levels and different options. I have, you know, corporations that want to be a part of it, right? And they may say, you know, well, I, you know, I want to, I can help with a $200 donation. So basically that does cost, I keep it at a very low cost. There are different schedules, of course, 
but the client or the sponsor rather the sponsor will pay to sponsor somebody and that can be seen as a tax write-off and then what i do is contribute extra services for that client so i will redo their resume if they need it done and then i will offer one or two other services that i believe that that client would benefit from and then the client the client pays nothing so it's really my way of giving back i give back my time i give back you know to a or i give to a person in need and then the sponsor is giving to a client in need as well everything is confidential and I do go through a vetting process for both the sponsors as well as the clients so that, you know, I'm being fair and consistent across the board. So that's what the angel program is. And, you know, I love to just help people. That's why I got into all of this in the first place. It is so evident you are as kind as you are creative, as you are strategic, as you are hardworking. Listen, so for recruiting, you know, Tina, thank you for sharing your insight with that. Obviously, you're an amazing marketer, personal strategist for helping people get where they want to go in terms of their careers. You know, you're the you're the the guide along the side, whether it's the resume, that LinkedIn insight, the interview, salary negotiation, coaching, all of that. So again, folks, you can hunt Tina down, resumewritersinc.com. Facebook group or sorry, page, I guess is Resume Writers Inc. I'm going to put all of Tina's socials. We'll, we'll list them in the show notes so that you can hunt Tina down. Tina, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Audrey. And I want to thank your Canadian audience as well. I love Canada. Truly, I do. And I'm, I'm super excited to get back up there soon enough. So I hope everyone has a great day. And I look forward to meeting some new people in Canada and seeing if we can do some great work together. Perfect. And now it's time to say thank you again for tuning in to Career Podcast with Audrey Prenzel. Please feel free to share this podcast with someone else you think could benefit from it. And I know we're going to have many, many people who can benefit from Tina's words today. Leave comments and, of course, hit subscribe. If you'd like a PDF copy of my book, Military to Civvy Street, e-transfer $20 to audrey.prenzel at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download it. Although I'm not writing so much anymore, I am available for some one-to-one coaching for your career transition goals. Again, email me audrey.prenzel at gmail.com. Look for me on Instagram and Twitter, Audrey Prenzel. Life can be challenging. Until our next episode, purposefully take good care of yourself.